Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Rangers Women's uh, Podcast. Sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. As always, I'm joined by Alan. How are you doing, Alan? Not too bad tonight. Not too bad. And as you can see, we don't have Kath tonight. We have got a super sub. Graham, how are you doing, Graham? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm good. I hope a uh, big shoes to fill with car right enough. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So we'll just kick things off with the midweek game against Hearts. We started on a usual 3-4-1-2 with Fife and Goals, McLaughlin, Colson, Hill, McCauley, Cornet, Doherty, McQueary, McLean in the kind of 10 position, and then Howitt and Hardy up front. Any surprises there, Alan? I don't think we were particularly surprised. You know, Joe's been quite settled on that system. You know, she's not made too many changes game to game. So pretty pretty much expecting that team. I think we'd spoke about the team sort of the week, week before and it was very close to what we'd sort of predicted. So was happy enough in that. So I think we kinda of expected Rachel Rowe to be in there, but she was on the bench Graham. Is that a surprise to see her on the bench? I think it turns out she might have a bit of a knock, but was it a surprise to you that she wasn't in the lineup? Yeah, um, I thought it was quite a surprise, you know, because she'd been playing really, really well until you know, obviously she must have a niggle or something. So maybe there's a reason for it, like you say, Laura, um, potentially a niggle or something like that. Yep. And then and we did have the dad come on, so she's back from injury. And we also had Ewan's come on to make her debut, which was good to see, Alan. We've got Tess back because we're getting a bit light in that new position. I think we've spoken in the last couple of weeks about just how light we are for options with any experience on the bench. So, seeing, seeing Tess back, seeing Sierra make her debut, and we obviously had a very quick chat with her after the game. She's only back training on Tuesday. And then straight into the squad on Wednesday. So, no surprise she didn't get many minutes. And we're going to talk, she obviously came on the day again. So, it's just a case of getting her built up, getting her bedded into the team. But hopefully, we can't be too far away for Megan being back as well. And maybe one or two others. Hopefully, Rachel's back next week as well. We know Brogan will be out a wee bit longer, but hopefully, no more. Absolutely, we're getting a bit bare in the, the kind of midfield position after today's knock as well, but we'll get to that later. So the first half, was there was plenty of chances created, Graham, but it was a bit scrappy and disjointed, which is strange considering how we've been playing so far under Joe. No very, yeah, not ruthless enough. Yeah, and that's one of the things I think Joe wanted, was to be a wee bit more ruthless in front of goal. And she said she wanted to make it feel a wee bit more comfortable than what it was. Uh, in the heart in the Hearts game itself. Uh, Hearts had a few chances as well, Alan, including a goal that was chalked off. Was it offside or was it no offside? I've actually still not seen a replay, but I I, I feel like game would would probably go off with one there. You know, I'm not convinced that anybody in the box touched it and I'm not really convinced they were enough in Jenner's way that they really counted as being sort of involved in play and therefore offside. I, I thought we were probably very lucky on that one. 
Right, I said, I think for where we were sitting, it kind of looked like it was. We kind of got away with one a wee bit. I think, Alan, um, Graham, when you were watching it on the stream, did you think it was offside? Did it look offside to you for the stream? It was hard to tell. Um, you guys had a better view than what we did, so maybe slightly. I don't know. It's hard. It was hard to tell. It was a, it was a close one. Got lucky anyway. I think. So then we moved to the second half, and it didn't take long for um, Joe's team talk to kind of kick in. Was Chelsea fired us into the lead? Alan, you want to talk us through that wee bit? I think we made the habit of coming out with a wee bit more intensity in the second half of the games. Uh, and it's been quite a common theme that when we score, we tend to score quickly after it. We saw, saw that again on Wednesday, but just Getting more people breaking through midfield has been key. So obviously, I'm sure it was Rio played the ball through for Chelsea, and she's just burst on past the defence. I think she took a touch and then just composed herself and slotted it past the keeper. Very, very similar to the goal we're going to talk about. It was scored just after that, but you know Chelsea's absolutely full of confidence, and you know it was no surprise. She she went through and goal. We were all, I think, confident that she was scoring that. Yeah, it was the real kind of dropped into that tenth position that we've been playing with um, Graham. And as Alan said, she's fully confident and she's in a good run of form for us. Oh, Rio, Rio has been absolutely brilliant, and we'll touch on the game today as well. She's really super fast going down the wings and you know overlappings and things like that too. But yeah. Absolutely superstar so far. <laughs> and then Rio got us 2 0 up. With, this time, Kirsty Howe was doing the hard work that she capitalised on a mistake from the Hearts defence, run through it, and then passed it across to Rio for an easy, easy goal, Alan. 2 0. Happy day. It was really just a long clearance. We'd, we'd played up the park uh, and Kirsty Howitt's chased it down. Uh, Hearts defender, I don't remember who it was, was trying to knock it back to the keeper, but she's just inside her own half, doesn't make much contact with it. So Kirsty's running through, and Daisy Old, you would expect Kirsty to go on and shoot, but Rio made a great run, and Kirsty laid her in. She took a touch, very similar to Chelsea's goal, and, and then just slotted it past the keeper. You know, the finish was pretty much a carbon copy of Chelsea's, albeit the goal had came for a bit of a different move, and that looked like we'd be comfortable for that point in the game. Not entirely how it turned out, but, you know, that's that's what we've needed to do, or we didn't do last year. We score, we start playing well, then score again. We weren't doing that last year in the bigger games, and we're going to touch on that a wee bit later when we talk about the day's game, but that was a massive goal, and as it turned out, it was really needed. Definitely. Would you say the that goal is kind of a good example, Graham, of why Kirsty plays quite well in that kind of front two position, rather than it being like last season when she was kind of struggling up front by herself and having to come deep? She's now got that partner beside her that they can kind of play off and create chances for each other. Uh, absolutely, because you know yourself, if you're up there, you're in a tough battle, 
it can be a lonely, lonely uh, job. But having a having a support uh, beside you, you know, it's, it'll not just help Kirsty, it'll help Rio as well. The two of them eventually will click together and maybe for, you know, maybe that's what Joe's looking for, a formidable partnership. So yeah, absolutely. You can see it. You can see Kirsty's actually improved as well. And, and I thought she was brilliant last year. So then, unfortunately, seven minutes later, we conceded. Hart scored. They've had obviously a few chances in the game, Alan. So was it just a matter of time before they were going to score, or do you think it's the back three that's kind of causing us some issues there that we're no kind of getting to grips with that yet? I think probably it's a wee bit of that tend to the back three, but the Hearts goal came I told against her on a player felt. You know we we went two up. You know we we're starting to look comfortable in the game. And the Hearts just started putting a wee bit of pressure on, but we looked as if comfortable. But as we pretty much all the goals were conceding right now, there's there's loads of points where we could have dealt with this, or we could have cut out a pass or a cross or put pressure on a wee bit better. So it's not like there's one one person co- costing all these goals. It's not like you can just blame the keeper or or blame the midfield or. You know, it's it's one of the defenders. It's just a, a multitude of failings that we're no just focused enough, or we're, we're no decisive enough. Yeah, it seems to be the ball gets past a few players when the goals were losing Graham, which isn't ideal. It's like nobody's taking that responsibility to kind of be like, right, I'm going to clear that. It's just getting past so many players and then going at the back of the net. And that's the thing, as you say, it's you've touched the point as well. It's a, it's you know it's going through essentially midfield. It's at times again we're touching that today, and it, it's quite concerning that there's such a big gap. But I'm sure that will tighten as the games go on, because you know we've not really had a proper pre-season and things like that, and it, and it, the squads a wee bit light. But hopefully, as people start coming back to get back into the team and things like that, that could. You know, that, those kind of mistakes hopefully will stop. Fingers crossed. I'm sure they will. Hopefully. So uh, after they had scored, Hearts had another few chances and then at the very end we were kind of riding their luck a wee bit, Alan. There was... Uh, ball was hitting off the post. The defence was a bit of a mess. It was just calamity errors, but we managed to actually ride their luck for a change against Hearts. I think our uh, riding our luck is sort of understating that a wee bit. You know, how we didn't concede and the only chances Hearts had at the end of the game was nothing short of miraculous. You know, between desperate last-minute blocks, I think they hit the post at least twice. You know, chances that, you know, they're sitters. Let's face it, Hearts missed some absolute sitters at the end of that game and we could... Never mind dropping points, we might have dropped all three points. You know, had Hearts taken advantage because we seem to be dropping far too deep later on in games if we're only a goal up and we're putting ourselves under pressure. We're passing it about, we're passing it back to keeper, we're struggling to get out and we're just making it really, really tough for ourselves. And you keep doing that eventually and getting players' heads. Absolutely. I think after the results against Hearts last year, Graham, it was kind of creeping into their consciousness that Hearts were coming at us and we're going to end up slipping up again. But kind of, 
as I say, the luck kind of was on our side for a change with his last year. We didn't seem to have that luck. No, and it seems to be that Joe's building up a resilience in the team, which is brilliant to see. For example, the, the Celtic game, you know, we were on nil down, and as soon as the five minutes went up, our heads would have went down last year. But no, we kept going and we ended up winning 2-1. And I think there's a mentality shift, uh, exactly what you're saying, because Harps did, as you say, you know, the banana skin, as Joe called it, and it's quite right. Um, a couple of draws and things like that cost his points. So it's great that there is a mentality building within the squad and a resilience, and it's fantastic to see that. Absolutely. So, managed to see that out two one. Thankfully, who was your player of the match for the that Alan? Would you say? I probably should have took a wee note of this uh, during, during the week, but again, I thought we were excellent in midfield. You know, uh, I, th- I thought Chelsea was excellent again, and probably between her. Nick, Nick, Nick had a great game as well, but probably, probably plump for Chelsea. Get based on the the goal, you know, just sealing it. What about you, Graham? I wanted to be different, but I was saying Chelsea as well. To be honest with you, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, that's a hat trick. It's Chelsea for me as well, and we also had the debut of the the Chelsea flag, so it was nice for it to put in such a good performance. We're not taking any credit, but. I might add something to do it. Now, we'll move to today's game against Glasgow City. I think it was pretty much the same lineup, is that right, Alan? It was the same lineup, but we saw a change of shape. So it seemed to be more a 4 4 2 that we were playing um, today, so that was a wee bit different. And we kind of, it was a game of two halves, I'd say. The, the first half wasn't a Great, we had some chances, but again, as with the Hearts game, no being ruthless enough, Alan. Well, I think that's it. Uh, we, we saw the team, we saw the lineup at the start of the game, and uh, I was a wee bit concerned that we two in the centre of midfield, we wouldn't control the ball enough, we wouldn't control the tempo of the game. And I thought that probably played out a wee bit. I thought we dealt quite well. Glasgow City are quite a direct and physical team at times. And I thought we dealt with that quite well. I thought Cathy and Michelle were excellent in the first half. Mostly because they seemed to be gelling really well and working well. So one all attack the ball, go and engage and one all drop and sweep. And we're going to talk about the the second half and the goal, but I don't think that partnership concedes that goal that we conceded today. Yeah, um, Graham, they certainly looked more comfortable in that kind of back to the centre-backs rather than it being the games we've seen when it's been Cathy that's been in that middle centre-back and then we've seen Michelle in it as well and they both seemed more comfortable having that partnership, much like Kirsty and Rio being up front having that partnership because of the back two, or the back four seemed to kind of work better I would say because probably what I it think- that's exactly it. They're used to being a back four, aren't they? Like I know Michelle's new to the team, but she's probably been in that environment as well. So, you know, it's her bread and butter as well as Cathy. So they they know how how it works, which is good. Yep. So, so we did. Have, we had some chances. They had chances. I think Jenna kind of saved their bacon a couple of times in the first half. Where a ball that we 
before we were sitting, it kind of looked like it went over, but I think she's managed just to kind of keep it out, Alan. So she had a good first half for us after the kind of wondering if she was going to be in or if Vic was going to be in. She, she kind of showed why she was in goals that first half. I thought largely she Kate, she handled anything thrown at her as well as she could. You know, she was under a lot of pressure at set pieces and it was very hard for any keeper to come and take take across cleanly under that, but she was really well supported, as I say, by Cathy and Michelle, who were clearing and blocking and heading everything they could out. You know, one or two might be a wee bit fortunate, but sometimes you have to make your own luck and sometimes you you, you need that wee bit of luck and you, you earn that. Much like the kind of the Hearts game, it was a bit disjointed again in the first half. I think that's something where Joe's going to need to kind of look at and get over because we can't keep relying on winning games or getting results in the second half of the game. We need to come out firing. No, absolutely. And I think it looked like City were playing first half counter-attack. And when we were doing waves, it was almost like they were just sitting back waiting for us to go a bit of game of cat and mouse sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. It's something that needs to be looked at, definitely. So at halftime, we kind of noticed Tess was warming up, Alan. So we thought, oh, we're going to change back to this back three, have Tess in the midfield. But that did they happen. She came on and replaced Michelle Coulson, weirdly. Yeah, I think uh, we mostly predicted the most likely option might have been you know, to replace one, one of me or Jody and, and, and played narrow in midfield, tried to get, get control of the game and let uh, Nick and Rachel provide the width. But then we saw the team come out and there was no Michelle, which... You know, I can only assume we wanted to see Tess help us bring the ball out through the back a wee bit more. But I, I don't really think that change done much to help overall. No, I don't think so either. Graham, do you think it was a tactical thing or should we be concerned that Michelle only played 45 minutes? So it's a, You're right, it's a difficult uh, conundrum, but... It's because it's not Tessie's natural role. Um, you kind of wonder, is there maybe, is Michelle up to full fitness yet? Because again, back to what I said earlier on, they've, they've not really had a proper pre-season yet and they're still getting minutes under their belt and things like that. So it could just be that, you know, and obviously being light in the ground just now rather than a tactical change, I think. I was still seem to be bagging the drum and getting another centre back. Alan, but it doesn't seem to be forthcoming so far. No, there, there really doesn't seem to have been any kind of movement whatsoever on the transfer front since we, we signed Sarah Ewans when we were going over to Spain on the pre-season camp, so it's been very, very quiet. I've not seen any links or anything. Granted, it's harder to see sort of links and rumours in, in a women's game, but there's not even been any whispers when you've been at games. And there was obviously the kind of excuse at the end of the game was that we're obviously light on bodies and obviously we've got a lot of injuries out so once they come back we'll probably be kind of oversaturated with players game but is it concerning because we're kind of in that back line we're one injury away from 
a bit of a disaster again, same as last season. You're absolutely right. That's a concern because last year we had quite a few out in the back and we were putting like midfielders and things like that, you know, just to, you know, shore up the defence. But you're absolutely right. Even if we can get an alone, a couple of alone defenders or something, it doesn't need to be permanent. A couple of loans might just help us. The difference between like Lisa and various others coming back, which will be a wee while away, and that might just be the difference of points on the board versus maybe losing a goal here or there, uh, you know, as the season progresses. Yeah. So hopefully if Joe or that's listening, get us another centre back in please. That would be lovely. So we came at the second half and it was much better than what the first half, but it only changed three minutes before we took the lead. A lovely ball for Christy McLean, pretty much for defence, straight through. Mia runs through and sticks it into the back of the net, Alan. It's a tactic I'm surprised we didn't employ right for the start of the game. You know, I, I think uh, the the weak, weakest part of the Glasgow City teams uh, left back. And I, I'll be very surprised that we weren't any targeting her in the first half. We clearly targeted her with the ball in behind in the second half. And, you know, that's exactly how it worked, you know. Kirsten McLean was barely out her own box and she's she put that ball forward, you know, well beyond the defence, but not far enough that the keeper can come and get it. Mia's outpaced the defenders, ran on, composed herself and very late the two goals that Chelsea and Rio scored in midweek, just slotted it past the keeper. So I think it was an, a great goal all round. And like with Chelsea, Graham, a great start to the season for young Mia McCauley. Uh, she's been phenomenal in the run she makes, the passes she makes, she's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, she's clearly cemented that place. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough call when likes of Brogans and Lizzie Arnott come back, you know, when Mia's playing so well. But at the same time, you don't want to burn her out being so young either. So, but uh, Mia's been brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully, more to come for her. Unfortunately, Alan, it only took three minutes before we were had our heads in our hands, and Glasgow City got the equaliser. A calamity of errors again, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think the most frustrating thing about it is probably that none of us were all that surprised. You know, we'd, we'd come out in the second half, fine. We scored early. You know, we're, our tails were up. We looked confident. We, we looked like we were going to get about Glasgow City. We, we'd probably go on and add to lead and, you know, maybe make it a wee bit more comfortable than we did against Hearts. And then the ball comes forward and we just let the player run. It's almost like we didn't watch the men's game yesterday and, and see Tav's goal. You know, where defence don't go and engage, then you just encourage people to come forward and eventually pick a pass or take a shot. And that's exactly what happened. It didn't happen in the first half because here Cathy or Michelle would have went and attacked that ball and then one dropped in behind. But just adjusting a new setup in defence, albeit we hadn't changed shape, we changed personnel. And that's isn't blaming Tess for a goal, you know, it's a whole backline, just adapting what each other are doing. Ball, ball through the middle, back off, back off. 
one one. It's that no take of responsibility again, Graham. It's like kind of Kirsty was turned the wrong way, then Nick, like the player goes past Nick, and then she's past Tess, and then she's past Kathy, and next thing you know, the ball's in the back of the net. I feel like Jenna could have had much more she could have done about it, really. Especially when there's four players that could have cut it out before then. Just clear the ball away if you can. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it, it's quite scary the fact that we were almost, if, if the ball had come to Kirsty, could have been a shot, could have been a goal. And then within seconds, as you say, up the other end, just like Glasgow City were trying all game and goal. Within seconds of that happening, it was, it was the pace that City broke that I think took us by surprise. Absolutely. And then we had quite a few chances, Alan, that we could attain the lead or kind of kept in their goal with, with um, opportunities, but again, just no ruthless enough. Well, that's it. I mean, right, right for early in the game, we had a lot of misplaced passes, passes going short, our passes gone a wee bit too late, so we were only passing into space. And too many times when the cutback was on the box, you know, it was cut back too far or there was nobody running the attack the ball, you know. And that Glasgow City counter that brought the goal, you know, the ball, cutback was, was ideal. You know, I don't, just don't think Chelsea was expecting it because if she'd stepped onto that, we're... Should have scored, you know, as one one thing, but you know, wouldn't he have brought about that immediate sort of counter? But that was the story of the second half, really. Tons and tons of chances, but in the end up, there was only 10 shots in goal we had. You know, it doesn't really tell the story how how much sort of territory we had. You know, we just the, the final pass was often letting us down. I think there was a lot played into the box, but I'm surprised Alan never said that nobody was making that front post run kind of across to get on the end of it. Even just, it was getting put in the area when anybody could have got a touch on it, but they just wanted to make the right runs to get on the end of it. No, I certainly would like, you know, shout out to Sarah Younes, who was absolutely amazing, making all these fantastic runs and getting, getting people, you know, putting the ball exactly where you want it to be, but nobody was there to finish it off, unfortunately. Uh, we had a couple of good chances, but we kind of felt that we were pushing and pushing, but City were quite happy to sit back for the draw. But you feel like it was an opportunity lost to get three points today, whereas City, I think, I think they'll be quite happy going away with a draw, whereas we feel quite disappointed with the draw, if that's maybe a fair assessment. Oh, it definitely is. Then on 72 minutes, a ball was played against Chelsea, she kind of tumbled down, like Nick kind of ran over to her, knowing that something wasn't quite right, and she hobbled off Alan, which with Rachel Rowe having a wee kind of niggle, Chelsea now being potentially injured is not what we wanted, especially the form she's in. No, it's absolutely not. It's a, a real concern the way she was uh, beating the turf and they were waving over urgently for somebody to come on straight away. You know, I was encouraging that she, albeit she was helped, but you know, she she walked off the park and walked around the park herself. You know, so that's encouraging to suggest maybe it's not quite as bad as it might have looked. But 
I think we're going to need to see who's got to be available for the weekend. You've probably got to see either Tess playing in the middle with Kirsten McLean and hopefully one of the girls will be back. It'll be playing playing as a 10 and helping us to take it up the park. Obviously, Nick might might obviously step in there if we play Cathy, Michelle and Rachel at the back. Well, there's always the possibility that that could be the sixth and kind of push Tess a bit further forward, but that remains to be seen. But with the form she's in, Graham, it's just typically a player goes on a really good form and then ends up where I know. But it seems like she just rolled an ankle, so it might not be too bad, but it's just one of the things where you just know what you want to see. No, as you, you guys, you both said, you know, she's in the form of life and it, it could be nothing, it could be nothing major. Fingers crossed um, for Chelsea, and I'm sure if it's nothing major, she'll bounce back. You know, she'll bounce back anyway, regardless. But yeah, it's a shame because I don't know much about the depth of the squad in terms of who's injured and stuff like that. That's what I meant. And you know, I don't know if Joe's able to rotate the squad that she would maybe like. Maybe she'd like to rest players because of burnout and things like that. Because especially playing three games in a week. Be pretty much identical, more or less the same team. Maybe in an ideal situation, she could rest one or two, like Chelsea and various others. But I know that's not a opportunity at the moment. So it was Sarah Hughes that came on for Chelsea, which didn't seem like that was going to be the change that we were going to make. So it looks like your hand was kind of forced by that change, Alan. Because we were thinking it was going to be either Rio or Kirsty coming off, but obviously it had to be Chelsea coming off for Sarah. I think probably after last season, we just got it ingrained in our head that a substitution is going to be made like for like. You know, the chances are it probably would have been, I'm going to guess it would have been Kirsty how it would have came off for Sarah, but that that had obviously forced us a change of option, you know, even the, the youngsters that were on the bench, I don't really think any were really central midfielders. So I, I think that forced us to sort of change in shape. And my sincere Ewan's obviously only been back in training for a few days. She's got to take a wee bit getting up to speed. But this is the first I've, I've seen her play when, in her two appearances so far. She definitely looks like she's got to bring a physicality to her, her front line that none of our options are going to do. Absolutely. So we had, obviously, Sarah came on. Mia kind of started struggling with the amount of running she was doing, Graham. She kind of looked at Joe at one point. Joe was like, you're right. She was like, I'm fine. She kind of played on. But do you think the kind of substitutes were, the timings of them were a bit weird? Or would you have made any changes that Joe did to make? I think... um... She was kind of dealing with she she could unfortunately, but yeah, if Mia could have came off for somebody, that'd be great for Mia to give her a wee rest. But I think today as well, it'd have been great to have like Rachel Rowe, for example, you know, like to allow your creative players to go forward, which we've seen her do already this season. Um, she was badly missed today, I think. But yeah, it's a shame because, as you say, Mia, she's worked ever so hard, and yeah, she deserved to be rest, but. Again, you, you don't know people's fitness situations and stuff like that. So that's where Joe and Jay 
you know, I trust them to make the right decisions. Well, I think, as you say, Alan, we never really had any kind of centre or mid zone, but we had Mason Clark, who could have kind of came on in a midfield kind of winger role. Taylor Jardin's obviously kind of like a winger role. Ely Austin is meant to be a defender, but last season she played as a forward for Hamilton, so she could have probably played anywhere. And then obviously Laura Berry's up front, so we are kind of lighter options, but we still would do kind of no making like for like changes. We could have kind of mixed up a wee bit, even with us only having youngsters on the bench. Definitely, but I, th- I think the, the benefit apart from you, obviously, me was starting to struggle a wee bit, but we were asking me to run in behind all the time, so that's got to put a lot on her. And if she's starting to struggle, then you, you really want fresh legs running at defenders, especially if they're getting a wee bit tired themselves. You know, Kayla Jardin came on and done really well last week against Aberdeen. So I, I, I'm surprised that either Kayla or Mason or Laura Berry hasn't got, even the last 10 minutes, as we're, we're sort of chasing a wee bit. That, that could have been a, a massive sort of statement win for us today. And as much as it's positive to take out the game, you know, it's... Right, right now it feels a wee bit more a missed opportunity. Definitely, especially you know, last season. Obviously, the games were disappointed against them. We were still the better team, but it ended, then a lot of them ended up in a draw. And here we are, a new manager, different kind of way of playing, but we've still ended up with a draw. That's it, and that draw could be the difference either points and the, and the season comes to an end or it could be oh we've missed opportunity like like Alan was saying as well um, it's just like when we, last year as you say when, when we eventually got that win in, against Glasgow City it felt like a massive shifting of the tide and the momentum was started going for us but then I think we just ran out of steam towards the end of the season but yeah, it's just taking those draws and converting them into wins would be is what we need to do. Just just like we did, we have done it before. And we we are capable of doing it. We just need to, you know, as I say, it was a mentality shift, which we are doing, and it's great to see. But yeah, today we were the better team in that second half, definitely, and we've missed an opportunity, really, as Alan said. Yeah, it was a, a chance to put a marker down and kind of show them how much we've improved, Alan. Can I say? Like we're the team to beat, but again, as we have both played, it's a bit of a missed opportunity that we've kind of let it slip by us for the better team again, but we've still got the same amount of points as them at the end of the day. Oh, definitely, and I think initially and for the next uh, couple of days, we'll definitely end up focusing on the missed opportunity and being annoyed and frustrated and disappointed, but, you know, we should sort of look at some positives and we'll probably look at it more over the sort of week, you know, right right through the season, I think it's been encouraging to see that we, we look a much more physical team this season. You know, we, we look like we'll stand up to some of the, we'll call them dark arts that teams will like to try and employ, to try and wind you up and, and sort of push, push you about, push you off the ball and maybe take liberties with some of the the younger players and it very much looks like we're a team set up that's not going to take that. And it, if anything, we'll, we'll be on the front foot with that. You know, that was evident, obviously, when 
Glasgow City brought a wee bit of needle into the game. You know, I've not seen that in the, the games with Glasgow City last season, but there was definitely a bit of needle coming into that game. And that might, might just do us in good stead with, with the games as they come up against City later in the season. It's certainly more feisty than it usually is, Graham, which I think after the Chelsea injury and the kind of, what could you call it, kind of not good sportsmanship for the City players coming over, as Joe was wanting to talk to their team, kind of added a bit of spice to the game that was maybe needed at that point. No, definitely. I, I think they were just having a water break and then the City players just came over. Whether they were trying to hear if Joe was saying tactical things to pass on to the manager, I don't know. But yeah, it just, just escalated out of nowhere. Chelsea, um, not Chelsea. Kirsty throwing some water over, uh, was it Warrington? I think I no, aye. So that kind of got a good reaction for the, the crowd, so that's funny. But see the thankful I never got booked for that, but I think... Uh, the assistant manager took the hit and said, Alan. Yeah, um, I'm assuming Jay's probably got the, the booking because I think with these uh, new rules about respect for refs and all that, there's only one person allowed at the technical area at a time. You know, it's like the manager or a member of the coaching staff and if two people are out, the second person's going to end up getting booked. You know, the change of rules that much is quite hard to keep track of. It, but we're seeing at all levels of the game more bookings going out for remonstrating with referees or antics on the sidelines. And I think Jay will quite happily uh, take the bookings if it means the players on the park are not getting bookings. We did end up with a, a, a wee bit of a sort of pushing match a wee bit later on after that. And we did end up with Rachel getting booked. But the players are, are no particularly rising to teams trying this sort of approach, but they're, they're standing up for themselves. So I, I wouldn't really complain too much. Definitely a change of mentality. Funny that they're changing their kind of rules with the refs when the refs could barely get an offside call right half the time, but whatever. Okay, we move. So up next we've got Patrick, who have been actually playing some quite good football. And our very own Jenna Ferguson has been obviously on loan with them. She's played 90 minutes for them against Hamilton, who Becca Taylor has on loan for. Jenna came out with a 3 0 win with Patrick, and she also played 90 minutes today. Were you watching Alan? They won 5 0 against Montrose. How's Jenna been doing? Jenna looks just so comfortable playing at this level. Uh, I went and watched a Patrick game. Today, before our game, and it was quite good to see see them play, see how Jenna was playing, see how Megan was playing in goals, and also knowing that we're playing him next week. Now, it was probably a good game to see Jenna Ferguson playing because it was quite a similar challenge that she would face playing for Rangers because Partick had most of the ball, Partick only really had to just keep the door shut for any sort of breakaways and counter attacks. And, deal with anybody pressing and she just she's so composed to play at that age at centre back. She just so composed. Sometimes her decision making's no no 
the best, but that comes with time, that comes with games, and that's exactly why we've we've loaned her out so she can get experience of playing week in, week out. You know, and, and she's only going to get better. It's hard to tell if Jen, Jenna's got pace or she just looks so laid back because she reads the game really well. So you never really see her having to use that pace. So that's kind of an unknown quantity right now, but a good defender will need to chase everybody if you know what's coming. Would be good if she had a bit of pace considering the two centre-backs we've got didn't seem to have many pace between them, to be honest. But uh, when I last did her, she's kind of, as you say, laid back and just kind of deals with it and seems like water off a duck's back. Unfortunately, Becca Taylor's kind of on the rough end of the, the table. Graham, she's played um, 73 minutes midweek. She played half an hour today, but Hamilton's just not doing very good, so it's a bit of a tough one for her. She's getting minutes, but in a team that's not doing very well. Yeah, and it, it could be it, it could be something that could be demotivating as well. Just a bit like Glasgow Women last year. Um must have been so demotivating every week you were getting beat. So it, it can be hard when you're in that environment when you maybe just want to win. But yeah, it's it's a difficult one for her. <laughs> but she'll be trying her hardest, definitely. Can only help build resilience for when she comes and wins league titles with us. So what did you make Absolutely. of Patrick in general, Alan, for obviously you say we're playing them at the weekend, so anything we should be kind of looking good for with Patrick? I think he'd be moving the ball about really well. Uh, they done very well last season and obviously won their sort of, I feel like a mini league with Motherwell and Spartans to finish in the top six and all they didn't get any sort of wins or, or that in the top six, he acquitted himself really well. And avoided any sort of heavy beatings, you know, competitive in the games that he played. So it'll be a competitive game, you know, they they do move the ball a bit well. They scored probably worrying for us. They scored a goal that was won by basically chasing down a back pass to a keeper and blocking the keeper's attempted clearance. And that's the sort of pressure we're succumbing to right now. So it's definitely one to watch out for. Uh, Cara Henderson started the season scoring a lot of goals for him. Brogan's sister Cody's playing really well at, at wide and generally look like a team that's confident, that they know they're getting better, they, they're aiming higher, they're, they're looking to improve on what they've done last season. But they are still a part-time team. They're the teams that we need to be overpowering, particularly on the second half, because we should be getting stronger in games. So... Partick's obviously got to be missing the first choice keeper next week in Megan Cunningham. She's on loan for us, so she can't play. And now can Jenna Ferguson, who's been straight into the team. So a couple of changes Partick will have to make that are enforced. So won't be an easy game for us. I don't think it's one that we can just take for granted, but I very much expect that we should come out with a, a comfortable win. So, as Graham, um, as Alan said, Graham, they've had a good start to the season, but obviously we're the full-time team, which we'd expected to kind of go out there and put on a performance. But with their injury worries, do you think there's going to be many changes to the team, other than the enforced ones we potentially 
Chelsea be in it and Rachel be in it? Yeah, it's a tough one to see. Just see how it goes as the week progresses. But we've got a full week now, so hopefully we know midweek games. It allows other players to come back. Hopefully use that to our advantage. But yeah, even as, as Alan said, I think we should still beat them comfortably with respect to Partey. As you say, these are the kind of games, as you call, you know, three-pointers. Um, we shouldn't be worrying too much about those these kind of games anyway, but yeah, we should even even if it's a lighter team, it should we should still beat them uh, comfortably. I think, with respect to Partick. <laughs> uh, the kind of excuses today, Alan, were like, "Oh, we've had three games in a week, and at least we got kind of the points, like a point." But with this week kind of break, you'd expect them to come out kind of firing after the kind of disappointment today, and we should hopefully have the likes of Megan Bell back. And hopefully, like Rachel Rove, it's just wee knocks they've got. So makes us a bit stronger for next week. But do you think they come straight back into the team? I definitely think they'll be in contention. You know, as much as we took a lot of knocks and a lot of disappointments last season, one thing that we did do is we tended to come out and react well after dropping points. You know, and I very much look for a reaction. First point, Joe's obviously dropped in charge. As much as she's talked on press conferences, eh, being ahead of eh, the curve, being further ahead than she expected to be at this point, I don't think she's got to be very happy at having dropped two points, even against the current champions. So I think we've obviously got Partick at home next week, and then we've got two away trips, up, up to Dundee United and up to Montrose, two teams that are really, really struggling. And... That should give us a, a run, eh? not just being able to gel a wee bit further, but you know, rotate the team a wee bit, get some more minutes and legs. Because I'm not really liking using the three games in a week as an excuse. You know, games is exactly what, what we need. We need games to build relationships in a team. We need games to work on the plans that Joe and Jay want, want to have a team doing. So... Three games a week is exactly what the players should be looking for. Yeah, and they, they want to be full-time players, Graham, so they've got to want to play as many games as possible, especially not having Champions League. We never had that big a pre-season, so they should be grateful they're getting to play this many games in a week. <laughs> We'd certainly want no, to do it. <laughs> no, that's a fair comment, but you know, given it's the very start of the season... And you're just getting minutes into your legs and things like that. I think three games in a week is pretty tough. But if you're talking about October, November time, as the season progresses, it's slightly different. That's when you do want to play. But at this stage, ideally, one game a week until then would be perfect. Because, as I say, you're just literally come back or, or had half a pre-season and getting minutes. Whereas in Glasgow City, I have had a full pre-season. They've had like games against Durham and. Sheffield and things like that, and we've only had a Glasgow Cup. So until we get back into a flow, I think ideally you just want to have the win. I think, but then after that, yes, maybe maybe twice a week. Arguably, though, the pre-season bookings were by the club, and as much as we had the Scotland games, Glasgow City also had players away, but they had what five pre-season games, so. It's the club that's kind of seems to have failed the players and kind of set them up for this by not giving them 
as many games. Yeah, and listen, there's probably a lot of reasons for that. There's a lot of changes going on at a club at all levels in the last, uh, probably in the last seven or eight months. But certainly lessons will hopefully be learned for, for next summer. You know, I very much expect uh, we will learn a lot of lessons for that and make make a better programme. But as we can see with the men's team, you know, I'm not very happy with that pre-season. So it's, it's an overall thing we need to do better as a club to, to be ready for a season. As much as three games a week, as I say, is a, a good thing. It's, what's made it really tough this week has been the opposition that we're playing. It doesn't really give you much room for changing people around. You, you really have to go your strongest team away to Hearts and home to Glasgow City, which is really putting a, a lot of pressure on the players. Yeah, I think if we had the run in that Celtic are playing, they would really be more in about three games in a week, Graham. No, and that's no disrespect to the team Celtic are playing, but you're absolutely right, um, because you could rotate players, no problem. If you're scoring like they're scoring what six, seven, nine today, I think it was against Dundee United. Just you know, they they can put their their B team out if they like and still beat Dundee United and things like that. But they've not played Hearts, they've not played Glasgow City, they've still to do these games. So let's see how they are when they come up against it as well. I think you'll find the form that they're in will start dipping. Hopefully, because they've got a load of goals, so we need somebody to be checking out then. We were talking earlier about the kind of mentality that Joe's instilling, but bizarrely at the end when we were talking to the players, they were all seemed to be quite kind of happy to settle for the point, Alan. Do you think that's kind of surprising? Did that surprise you that they were kind of like, oh, at least we got a point this early in the league where we could have put a marker down against Glasgow City and showed kind of Celtic that we were the team to beat? Do you think it's surprising that they were just settling? Happy to settle? Well, I think it's probably it's probably annoying maybe to hear it, you know, for the players, but I think it's probably just the players trying to convince themselves as much as convince us. You know, I think they'll go in and have their their own sort of arguments and disagreements and sort of dig into sort of what went wrong and what they, they need to do better. But I think it's probably more a case of just the 90 minutes is done, you know, and they'll sort of rest and recharge and then sort of go again. I, I don't think the players will, will be expecting that a point's good enough. What do you think, Graham? Um... Yeah, it was it was it was strange, you know, as well. But um, <laughs> especially after what Joe was saying about on Wednesday night post match, saying that you know ideally she wants to make it more comfortable and things like that. Like she's got the winning mentality and coming from the Lionesses and things like that. Um, so she's coming from a, a winner background and she's trying to instill that into the team as well, which they are all winners. Every single one of them are winners. But just trying to kind of even the new players and get them involved as well. So yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So what we're thinking for predictions for the Partick game then? That you, Alan? Score prediction? No, we'll, first we'll, if you want. we'll give you first shot this time, Laura. 
Oh, I think it'll just be Pagers 3, Partick 0, Rio for school score. Mm, I'd say we'd probably get four. I think uh, we'll keep a clean sheet. I think Vic will keep a clean sheet. And uh, first goal scorer. Should any get a first goal that I predicted today, so I'll go Jody again. What about you, Graham? It was just interesting you were saying about Vic being clean sheet there, you know. But an interesting point, you think you think Vic will play, Alan? I think making the, the change after a few games, conceding goals, uh, the change will come at some point. And we spoke on the pod last week. I, I never expected for a second the change would come for Hearts or Glasgow City. And one one of the sort of big games, if you like, it brings a ton of pressure on not just Vic, but the manager and the team. I think when and no demeaning what Partick bringing an offer. It's a different proposition bringing Vic in to that game than it is bringing, bringing her in for the Glasgow City game a day. And listen, uh, Vic would cope with that pressure, no bother, but it's just pressure that he need to be put on the, the full team. Very good point. But Graham, you're not getting any of the score predictions, so... <laughs> Come on, yeah. give us it. Is it? <laughs> okay, uh, five five now, and I'll go for Rianne, Kirsty McLean, first goal scorer. Good. Clean sheets all round. We are optimistic after today. <laughs> <laughs> so with the FPL, unfortunately, Graham and I have slipped down the leaderboard, and it's going to be that's first. So well done. But we've got a, Alan's the strongest player in the game, though, holding everybody else up at the bottom of it after joining late. It gives me a challenge. <laughs> and Car somewhere, I don't even know where Car is, to be honest. But anyway, we're, we're, we're getting there. And lastly, we've got our score predictor results. Pass you over to Alan for that. How did we get on, Alan? Most people not very well today. Between the result and Habs drawn with Spartans. There, there was only two got that result correct. Uh, one got the result correct and one called uh, the Habs game a draw. And actually got a correct score on that. So well done to Kirsty Wilkie, who was top scorer. You know, not the highest score we've had, but certainly the star of the week. So uh, a few people will be kicking themselves over, over the scores predicted this week. And I, th- I think we, we all know what that's like. Absolutely. I just can't believe after last season that whenever nobody really has predicted a draw for a Glasgow City Rangers game. Well, we're, we're Rangers fans were wildly optimistic and then enjoy having a rant after a game when it doesn't work. So that's just in the DNA. That's true. As that should be in the museum, Alan. Mm. <laughs> as, as much as you're bottom of the FPL table, Alan, you're top of the score predictor table. So we'll just throw that one out there. You, you can predict a score, but you're not quite yet. Sadly, no, if there's any money on it. Is that, Laura, Laura, is that a fix, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
say nothing, say nothing. <laughs> so I think that just about wraps us up for the year. Anything else you want to add in? I think uh, well, we've got more we should uh, throw credit to Graham for doing the World Cup predictor. Uh, that, that was uh, really well received in the group, so uh, she needs your own, Graham. Uh, well done for that. That went down really well. Well done, Graham. And th thank you, and thanks to every single person who contributed, donated, and had a, enjoyed the, the fun. And well done to Louise, and mm. hopefully you'll see your flag at a game soon. I'm sure Laurel will have it organised. Oh, it's all sorted, it's all sorted. It's, we're just waiting on it being delivered. But now you just need to think of another bright idea, Graham, so no pressure after that done so well. No problem. No, you guys are on it with the, the predictors, so... <laughs> So that's all. I'll thank Alan and, of course, Graham for stepping in in Car's absence. Thank you very much, both of you. Thank you. Both of you. Both of you next time. Thank you.